It is Tuesday, November 12, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Going to be joined here in 10 seconds by Dwayne Long. First, I apologize in advance. I am playing under the weather today. The change in temperature has already taken me as a victim. Hopefully the show won't be too worse for the wear. There's a lot going on, Bucknutters, so we have the man of the hour. Dwayne Long joins us. Dwayne, snow on the ground. I was uh, a little bit crazy yesterday. The, I had the door open. My dogs were running in and out. And next thing I know, I got to shut the door because it just dropped in temperature like 20 degrees. So here we are. Let's hope this doesn't stick for too long. And uh, uh, we won't have, uh, you know, we got three games left. Let's hope that uh, the weather doesn't impact any of them, or at least three games. I don't know what type of weather scenario would have to happen for Rutgers to have a chance to get Ohio, against Ohio State. But we'll get into that in a second. Today's show should be a little bit more fun than usual. We're going to go over current events, which sometimes aren't as fun, and they aren't now. And then after the break, Dwayne and I are each going to reveal three hyperbolic statements about the Buckeyes that we believe to be true. Just a little bit of fun to mix it up here as we get about three-quarters of the way through the season. First, Dwayne, Ohio State ran roughshod over the Terps. It was a beatdown of epic proportions. I'm very proud of myself. I predicted a 42-0 halftime score because I predicted six first-half possessions for Ohio State. Six times seven is 42. Now that you've had a couple of days to chill on it, your thoughts on the destruction of the fighting Locksleys? Yeah, that was that was just absolutely lo- ugly. You know, uh, it makes you think about a mercy rule. <laughs> They just beat this team. They beat on them until they they the, the final gun. I mean, it was like the refs were uh, just separate them, get get out of here, go. This is ugly. Uh, <clears throat> and you know there there seemed to be some some venom in it. And under the circumstances, you can understand why. And you know, seventy three points. I mean, that's just wow. Uh, and, and, you know, an onside kick up 14 to nothing when Maryland hasn't scored a, hadn't secured a first down yet. Uh, that, and then the one that really killed me was call timeout at the end of the half, you know, less than a minute to play so you can set up a punt block. Yeah, there was, there was some nasty in this one. I didn't see the post game handshake, but, uh, uh, I wonder, uh, just how that went. Well, let's get into it. Obviously, Chase Young was suspended for the game or held out, however you want to look at it. Chase Young is a native of the District of Columbia area. We call it the DMV, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. He attended DeMatha Catholic High School in Hyattsville, Maryland, which, in my opinion, and I'm biased, best athletic program in the country, dominant in virtually everything they do. There is a ton, a ton of people with DeMatha ties across the football landscape. You'd probably be hard-pressed to find many games that don't have at least one person with some tie to the coaching staff or the players. So there are many who believe the tip on Chase Young's Rose Bowl trip for his girl payback situation came from Maryland, and that's why they took him to the woodshed uh, even more than usual because it's very rare when a game is 73-14, to and it was not as close as the score indicates. One of the guys who's been brought up as a possible informant is Elijah Brooks, who's on the staff at Maryland. 
Ironically, I covered Elijah Brooks back in high school. Very good running back. Started at Kent State and then transferred to William and Mary. Was a great back. Even if they did tip him off, I don't understand why they would have done it. You could have taken out our entire first team, and we still would have won by 40 points or more. So I have a feeling when it comes out, whether Maryland confirmed it or told it, I'm not sure who did it yet. Uh, There's rumors that that will be released today. Your thoughts on the Chase Young, let's just call it a little bit of a fiasco. How you think it'll turn out? Everyone's guessing on games. The general guess now is two games, which would mean he misses Maryland and Rutgers with literally much ado about nothing. Your thoughts on Chase Young? The only thing I can see now is he just won't win the Heisman. Yeah, that's 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 the only thing that that has changed. Um, you know, it's <laughs> what I think about with this is what do Penn State and Michigan think about this? That all that's going to happen is Chase Young is going to sit that, sit out for two games late in the season when if any little aches and pains are going to be taken care of. And you're going to piss him off and roll him back out right before you play them. That would be a real pisser if I was either one of those teams. But, but, you know, there is so little downside to this for Ohio State and Chase Young. In fact, it may be a plus because, you know, Chase Young is going to come out. He's going to be snorting like a bull and trying to make everybody go, you shouldn't have messed with me. That was nonsense. It's over. It's in the past. I gave him the money back. It was just a short-term loan, but somebody I knew, the NCAA, the hypocrisy of this, just for the two games is bad enough. The sport really gets ugly. That We're talking about letting the players um, make money off their likeness as college players. Well, who would be making more money right now than Chase Young. And then you're going to do this. You're, you're, you're going to suspend him for a short-term small loan. And, I mean, it's 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 hypocrisy. It's, it's you know, they have to look in the mirror every morning. And I wonder about that sometimes with these guys. Some of the decisions they're making for these young men, uh, you know, especially under the circumstances with the likeness issue, it's ridiculous. It just makes no sense that the NCAA runs things like this. Ironically, the number one basketball player in the country, amateur-wise, James Wiseman at Memphis, like Chase Young, a guy who does not need college to play in the pros, is being put through the ringer right now. This is going to backfire on the NCAA at some point. Also, you made a hilarious point in there. Who would you not like to be? And that is Rashid Walker, redshirt freshman left tackle for Penn State. That would be quite a date in a few weeks if Chase comes back for that event. I kind of think that is what's going to happen, but obviously I'm a tad biased. Speaking of which, Ohio State goes to Rutgers this weekend. The initial spread was 54 points on the road. It's just a ridiculous premise that they're even playing the game given the talent disparity. Your thoughts on how Ohio State should even approach this weekend? Well, they're going to, I, you know, people say, well, they might be looking forward. Even if they are, they're going to run Rutgers out of their own joint. It's, this is just Rutgers is in utter disarray. They fire their coach in midseason. Uh, they're just awful. You know, if being competitive 
was part of the decision to bring a uh, a Rutgers in, then they they shouldn't have even been considered. They are not competitive in this league, not even close. Now you know it it does give uh, every school or you know at some point every school is going to go in there and uh, and show their wares in front of uh, you know a decent amount of talent in that state. That's one of the pluses that comes out of it. You get that market for for television. So you know there there are off the field considerations, but what is happening to Rutgers on the field is is almost uh, it's kind of you know why uh, we fired our coach. How about we shut it down for the season and just let us regroup? Ohio State's going to roll in there. We're going to see a lot of young guys. They're not going to be focused. They can't be focused. Uh, it, it, you know, then they're still going to beat them by, if they don't beat them by 35, 40 points, it's going to be a shock to me. Then they really weren't focused if that is the case. Because as you said, they, it's not just pulling Chase Young off the field. You want to, re- you, you want to rest all the, the starters? Go ahead and re- uh, rest them. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's going to get ugly up there. And, and, and there is, they also the thing. I think everybody's mad, Dan. You know, the team was that focused Saturday. Uh, you know, they still could be carrying that kind of rage. They they just seem to be ready to kill something, and that still could carry over. You know, but they're just not going to be as focused for this. You know, they have reason to be focused at Maryland. Uh, it isn't just the situation, but it's Maryland being so involved. But they'll just roll through this team. It'll be a 35, 40 point win. Uh, if they show up as mad as they did Saturday, it could be record breaking. Uh, the, the, how bad this is. Um, Rutgers is just not in, they're not ready to play football. They didn't have much to work with anyway, and now everything's just, uh, it's a soup sandwich over there. So that's going to get ugly. If you are an Ohio State walk-on and you are on the travel roster, you want to get yourself a good night's sleep on Friday night. We're going to take a commercial break, be back, and have a little bit of fun here. All right, we are back. Dwayne and I are going to have some fun here. We are each going to let loose, as promised, three hyperbolic statements that seem hyperbolic on the face of it but are actually true. This is what happens when you have a team playing as well as Ohio State. You have to come up with content to match their greatness. And this is what we're going to do right here. Again, hyperbolic statements that Dwayne and I believe to be true. We each have three. Dwayne, number one. Tyreek Johnson is going to be a first-round draft hit. I'm telling you, here, before, you're thinking about Saturday and you're going, okay, Dwayne, it is too early to be drinking, dude. But it's not. Think about how many years in a row we have watched first-year guys that are really getting on the field. Now, he may have popped up here and there last year, but this is the first time he started to get on the football field, and he got just taken apart Saturday. But we've seen this before. Same scenario. Guys in their first year of really getting any kind of playing time, they just get waxed. Well, and then what happens? How many of those same guys came back and became top draft picks. We we could sit here for the next half hour coming up with names. This kid is an immensely talented football player. 
He wants to play cornerback, played safety in high school. In high school, yeah. Uh, you know, I just think it's going to take time, and we're going to have to do this to him. We're going to have to throw him out there like we did. How many of them in the past? I mean, you go back all the way through uh, the uh, uh, Urban Meyer years, and there was somebody out there just getting toasted. And then he'd come back, and he'd be all Big Ten, and third year he'd be all American, and we didn't have a fourth year because he was going to the NFL. That's what I think is going to happen with Ty- Tyreek Johnson. He's just too athletically gifted. They keep this kid focused. He's going to be an NFL draft pick. He'll be a first rounder. Yeah, the staff feels the same way. And yes, it's fair to say the staff will be biased and high on their own guys, but the staff has seen what it takes to become a first round cornerback now for, like you said, about a decade. So I trust their opinion. Here's mine. Number one, Marcus Crowley is the best NFL running back prospect on this roster right now. Yes, he's third string. Yes, J.K. Dobbins is fantastic. I think Master Teague is fantastic. I think J.K. Dobbins and Master Teague are both NFL running backs. But to me, Crowley has the best combination of size, speed. He's got a little bit of wiggle to him. But the thing I love about him the most is he's a late bloomer. This is a guy that you remember, anyone who remembers this, he blossomed late in his senior year. That's really the first time he became the main guy. And he was only about 170 pounds when he started out as a senior. And if you look at him now, this is a guy that's going to be able to carry about 215 pounds, I think, and not lose any of his speed. I just think he really fits the prototype. And uh, very impressed with Crowley. I also think it's the sign of Ohio State's recruiting dominance. When your third-string running back is a pro, you've got to, that's considered mission accomplished. Thoughts? Oh, I, I've said it before the season. I thought that uh... – uh, Crowley was the best back on the roster and that he would be the one to threaten Dobbins. Right now, Teague is well as he's running. Dobbins is, that's one where uh, I prefer my crow barbecue. Uh, throw it on there for me and hook me up and uh, I'll, I'll eat it with a smile on my face because the kid looks just spectacular out there. Uh, and that's the only w- reason why he's a starter. He's been that good. Uh, and, and, you know, because Teague would be starter just about anywhere else. The guys were talking about it. Clatton, Johnson, my guys were talking about Saturday that, that outside of Wisconsin, uh, Teague would be a starter anywhere else. And, and Dobbins, uh, has just been that good. But Crowley is the guy that's the most gifted. As you said, he's got some shake and bake. He's got room to grow. Uh, I, I think that he will, when his time comes, end up being the best of the three. To be clear, I'm not saying they should change the depth chart now. J.K. is the starter, and Master Teague is the bully backup I love. I mean, we're talking long-term here. Dwayne, what's number two for you? Paris Johnson will be the starting left tackle at Ohio State next next year. Yes, true freshman. I rarely say that. I watch line play more than anybody. But this kid has all the tools. He's got immense size. He's so athletic. He's got a nasty streak. And he's just a good football player. That's what separates. I know everyone's thinking, the first thing jumped in their mind was uh, NPS. What, What about him? Well, he has not shown himself to be a good football player yet. 
when he got in there and had the one start, he was there. There, I gave him a best to see grade on that when I went back and looked at it again. There were there were plays where he just really showed, you know, why we wanted him so bad, why he was the number one offensive line recruit in the country. Uh, but he's not there yet. He's still working on trying to be a football player. And Paris Johnson is already a football player. It's really just going to be a matter of how strong is he? Can he can he be a lead blocker at this level against uh, grown men? Uh, I think he's he's that kind of a talent, uh, and MPF just isn't there yet. So uh, uh, I I believe that Paris Johnson will be the starting left tackle at Ohio State as a true freshman. Yeah, I was trying to explain this to somebody, how good he is, and I said, what if the blind side was R-rated? That's what it looks like when he's out there. You mentioned the physical, and obviously to be the number one rated left tackle in the country, you have to be blessed physically. But you added in the part that I love the most. He's a nasty dude out there, man. You're going to fight the big guy on the playground every snap. So that would not surprise me. I'd like to see what, it will cause some interest to NPF, Dewan Jones, what they do there. But uh Better to have more than less. Uh, number two for me, going really into the future here, the 2021 Buckeyes, so not this year, not next year. When that season's over, it will be considered a fact, basically, nationally, and everyone will agree. They just watched the greatest wide receiver core ever to play on the same team. The idea of starting Garrett Wilson, Julian Fleming, Jamison Juice Williams, and then add in whatever other five-star thrives, D. Scott, Jackson Smith, Majigba, et cetera. And I think you've got a possibility of having three or four first-round draft picks across the board. Garrett Wilson, to me, this is hyperbolic in and of itself. If you ask me one player on the Buckeyes right now that is going to make the NFL Hall of Fame, I'm not sure Wilson wouldn't be my pick. I cannot be more impressed with the guy. If he's our number one receiver by the time the season ends in terms of use, I would not be surprised. Julian Fleming, everyone's heard about the physical prototype. Juice Williams, uh, just to see the speed and, and the elusiveness. But Juice Williams is also a tough dude. Go back and watch some of his high school film on defense. Guys like that tend to thrive. And the fact that you're going to choose from four or five five stars after that, what do you think? Is that possible? We discussed this earlier, and this is one you agreed on. I, I don't believe that that's even hyperbolic. I, I, you know, look at what we got this year, and we're going to be stronger next year after losing. Guys are going to play in the NFL like uh, Ben Victor and K.J. Hill. We're going to be better. You've got Fleming coming in, who is the best receiver to come out in several years. And then you've got G. Scott, and then you've got uh, Smith and Jigba, who is actually having the best season out of any of them. That's coming in with Wilson, Olave, already here. I mean, this is going to be a monster receiving core. This is going to be the benchmark for not just Ohio State receiving cores in the future, but... Uh, uh, you know, anybody in the nation are going to go, they better than that Ohio State crew from a few years back. I see that. I mean, we're in a big fight, or at least we were, about Austin Mack coming back. I said, uh, you know, he's, he could get a medical waiver possibly, but, I mean, are they going to be encouraging him? And some people didn't like me saying that, but I'm saying let's just look at it 
realistically, forget about Hart. You know, he's been a great Buckeye, and he has been. And he's a good football player. But look at what's here, and look what's coming in. It's just going to be tough for anybody. I believe that the Gardner and uh, uh, is a kid that's just got to look at the portal and say, "That's got. There's got to be something better out there for me because he's not playing at all." These uh, Jameson Williams, I keep forgetting about him. As you said, he's. If you watch Saturday's game, it wasn't just his incredible speed and athleticism. He's breaking tackles. He's out there working hard. These guys, this is already just such a great-looking receiver room, and it's going to get deeper. It's just going to be something spectacular with what we've got in there. It's a matter of how many footballs can we use because uh, we got a lot of people to spread the ball around to. Yeah, this is not to take anything away from next year's crew, by the way, which will be Olave, Garrett Wilson, and then whoever you want in there. And Olave is a revelation of a player in terms of, He's a great receiver, man, but when they use him in other spots, he seems to be just so super effective. Shocked not at all that he was the one that caught the onside kick in full stride. Just a really smooth football player. All right, Dwayne, number three. My number three is Ohio State plays in a national championship game against LSU and Joe Burrow, and Ohio State wins the football game. I really believe that that's Ohio State, I believe it for since about week three, week four, Ohio State is the most balanced team. You can you can't just say okay we can outscore them or or uh, uh, you know we we've got a better defense. You can't say that. It's not just uh, offense and defense. It's the special teams too have been special. Look at how many kickoffs. I cannot believe this. I've watched this all year. We're killing teams who are determined they're going to bring the ball out. They're going to give you the 25 people. You're not getting there bringing the ball out against Ohio State. The kicker, you know, how many field goals have we missed? Punting, this guy's dropping the ball inside the inside the 20 regularly. We're covering. It's a special teams has been special. The defense and offense are both in the top ten in the country. How many teams can claim that over the last how many years? Both their offense and their defense are dominating, ranked in the top ten in the entire country. I believe if that happens, uh, I believe we're going to be national champions, especially if we roll through Penn State and Michigan the way I think we are going to. Um, Everyone will accept that this is the best team in the country, Maybe the best team since, uh, I won't say Alabama. I didn't think that their team two years ago was great because it didn't have a great defense. I I, I wasn't that impressed with them. Um, they just uh, were a mistake-free football team uh, with some talent, and uh, they got a boost at quarterback. I think that this is the best team we've seen in a few years, probably since the last really outstanding Alabama team, maybe going back to the last Ohio State championship team. This is, a, this is a great team. Obviously, we don't know how it's going to turn out, but I can tell you at this point in time in the season in 2014, I was nowhere near as confident in the team as I am now. What that means, I have no idea, but this is the best team in the regular season, at least, that has been playing for Ohio State since you know mid-Tress time. That's not to say they're guaranteed to win it. 
And you just go player for player and, and match them up against the other teams and use all your analytic metrics that you cited. They've been the best team, and, and they they do seem like the most talented, most balanced team. So we will see. But like you said, this could be as good as a team from 2014. And truthfully, until Zeke busted Alabama in the nose, I wasn't super confident we are going to win that game. Here's my final one. And I'm going to go off the football field onto the hardwood here and say Caleb Wesson will be an NBA lottery pick. That means top 14 picks. Really, I'm doing this to give kudos to the kid. I took the show here last year and said that he had a choice whether to get in shape and be an NBA player or go the other way and wake up on his mom's couch in three years wondering what happened. He has got himself into tremendous shape. He looks better than I thought he could ever look physically. He's diving on the floor. He's smooth. He can now shoot the ball with range. He always could. Now it looks even better. So I just want to give credit to Caleb Wesson for taking his career seriously, losing the weight, getting in shape, and he's going to be repaid with millions and millions of dollars. Did you get a chance to watch the uh, Buckeyes play yet on the hardwood? I saw the Cincinnati game. Uh, I that's one I, I I agreed with the first two. I don't lot he'll play in the NBA lottery pick. I don't know. I just don't see a superior athlete in in Caleb Wesson. He's got really good basketball skills. Uh, I like uh, I, I like his passing. He's really got good court vision and makes good passes. Uh, you know, like I was uh, the Cincinnati game. I saw him. Take the ball in the lane two steps and still can't slam dunk the football uh basketball. That 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 really surprised me. He does have some range and that really is kind of a important thing with big guys anymore. The NBA is just not a seven foot post up Patrick Ewing <clears throat> Shaquille O'Neal league anymore. Uh you know, you look at I can't even pronounce the kid's name, Giannis, uh Anti to I prefer the yeah, and to Tecumpo. Yeah, he's just you look at him. He's he's technically a center, and the guy is you know taking the ball to top to top of the key and driving like uh, uh, Michael Jordan. I mean, uh, that's just the way the NBA is now. It's just a different kind of league. Uh, so that's really going to help him. Lottery pick, I can't I can't go with that. I hear you. Caleb has been a heavy set kid for a long time, so he's kind of going to have to get used to being a svelte dude out there, and I think he's still a work in progress, but his error was pointed up. And like you said, 6'10", 6'11", guys that can knock it down from the top of the key with consistency have become very valuable. We hope you enjoyed the second half of the show. They're a little different thing to get the juices flowing this morning. A lot of news out there still to be had, people. Keep it locked in here to Buckner. Have a good one.